Hello and welcome to another wonderful, wonderful edition of Board Game Buddies, a podcast all about board games and hanging out with your pals. And today I have the return of Lilith. It's me, Lilith. Huzzah. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It is maybe the first sunny day today, which is making me incredibly excited. Yeah. And it's been upsetting that we've just been inside, really. Yes, but at least we haven't been wet. My feet have not been dry for weeks. I am not taking that for granted. <laughs> well, congratulations on your dry feet. Fantastic. <laughs> um, before we get into the game, just because we always forget to say at the end, I wanted to say if you've been enjoying the podcast or if you've this is the first one you've clicked on and you've just instantly fallen for our luscious voices, uh, please do subscribe. Please recommend it to your friends. You can find all of our stuff on Linktree slash Board Game Buddies. And um, it would make us real happy. Hell yeah, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely. Find us. Enjoy us. And love us. Love, love us. us. Need <laughs> us. You don't have to, but if you could, that would be great. Um, so what are we talking about today? Um, today we are talking about map games. Yes. We're talking about uh, cartographers. First of all, and then Sprawlopolis, a lovely little mini game. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's it's a game that I think that everybody should have, regardless of if you like board games or not. I think it is pretty much the perfect little game that you can always pull out. But Cartographers, let's start there. So Cartographers came out 2019, designed by uh, Jordi Adden um, and released by Thunderwork Games. This is something you brought over today. Tell us a bit about it. It's not a roll and draw. It's more a draw and draw because you draw cards and then you draw a map. Um, there's probably a proper name for that. Um, no, no, no. Let's stick with draw and draw. <laughs> it's a draw and draw game full of all the draws you want. <laughs> draw and draw, draw them up. <laughs> um, the kind of concept of the game is that you are a map maker sent out by a glorious queen to um, assert her will over the land and prove that she has been the rightful ruler all along. Um, so you have particular things that she wants you to fulfill. What's one of the things that's nice about the game is that these change every time. You'll have a whole load of different terrain types that you're trying to, say, cover a large amount of area with or keep all of the water away from all of the trees. The way you do this is um, uh, over each round, cards are drawn and they'll give you a particular little Tetris-like shape which you can put onto your grid map in front of you and what terrain you can fill that shape with. There's a whole load of little extra rules surrounding mountains, gets you coins, coins get you points, points get you prizes if you've been prepared and brought prizes to board game night um, and there's also a little bit of cross-player combat um, when enemy cards are drawn and you can put something really annoying on your friend's map but the absolute basic thing is that you draw a card you make some basic choices about what kind of terrain you want to draw or what kind of shape you want to draw and then you try and fit it into the best place on your map to fulfill the uh, rules that have been put in front of you. 
Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's um, played over four rounds. Those rounds are usually uh, have a sort of a time time period to them that's uh, on the cards that you are drawing out. Um, is it something like eight, eight, seven, six? Exactly. Damn, I've learned that game well. Um, and they're sort of split off to be in seasons to make it a bit more thematic. And um, at the end of that, that is what you're scoring up from all of those bits. Yeah, the coins are big prizes. Get those coins in early and you'll get one for each season pretty much, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, something nice also about the scoring is that there are four things the Queen wants you to do. Um, and each round, two of them are being scored. So in the first round, it's A and B, second round, B and C, third round, C and D, and fourth round, D and A. So you do have this kind of being able to look ahead and if nothing's coming up that's good for what will get you points immediately, you can start to kind of plan for the future, but also things that will get you points kind of immediately you can also think about okay this is only going to get me points once because we're about to move off this but we're still going to be on the same the other rule next time so i want to focus on that it's got a lot of those nice little kind of working together rules which mean that you can spend a lot of time drawing something on your map and then going no i've seen a better place for it rubbing it out and drawing it somewhere else <laughs> yeah it it forces you to it forces you to think ahead as to whether is the short gain of what you're getting now going to be as good as perhaps what is going to come up later mm. from filling that space um yeah it's a it's a continual polyonomo game in that sense i guess isn't it because it is all just shapes it, and it is just different tetris shapes that are mm. coming out to you and deciding where they are i've just realized now seeing other people's pictures of their maps in which they're just doing it in bold colors Whew. yeah <laughs> <laughs> boy oh boy does that look a little bit simpler um but yeah, definitely, I think when it comes to trying to score those achievements, the different ones that Queen Gymnax, I want to say her name is Gymnax, good old Queenie Jim. Um, yeah, having having to always kind of try and balance those out is uh, inevitably what scuppered me, I think, every time. Because I was mm. just like, cool, I need to get these points now. And um, I did get some of those points <laughs> not nearly as much as any of your points <laughs> it is yeah uh, a game where it's very easy to concentrate too hard on one on one thing rather than another um, yes so if you're very into kind of like spatial games I think you know for me I'm a big Sudoku fan. I'm a bigger Slitherlink fan. Shout out to all my Slitherlink fans out there. Um, and if, if you're doing any of those kinds of like pen and paper puzzles, for me, this scratches the same kind of itch of like, what patterns am I recognizing? Where can I put things together? Yeah, it's it seems like the kind of thing that I think if you, uh, if you play this a lot, you are going to find a a new world of enjoyment from it it's definitely seems like actually i, I think it depends because like yeah like you said if it's someone like yourself 
where you are already accustomed to this kind of uh, world of drawing draws, then it's uh, you're already at a level where it's really joyous. Uh, it seems very much like the type of thing that if perhaps maybe this is not your thing or this is something that is quite new to you or any of the kind of uh, design implementations that are in it is something you're like, well, I've never seen that before other than in Tetris. Then I think it's the kind of thing that play it quite a few times. Well, not quite a few. Play it like five or ten times. I reckon you'll be at a different level and going, ah, I see now. I know where this is going. Um, yeah, I mean, my biggest falter in a lot of the times in this game was that there was basically one achievement that was um the 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 biggest amount of houses that you have together you'll get a point for each one of the houses and i was like done that's easy i can figure that one out um i thought i crushed it and got like 21 on on one of the times of scoring it and then Lilith was just like yeah, cool. That's a that's that's thirty nine for me, or something along I those lines. I don't. I think that was my total. I don't think I got thirty nine. I think I. I, I think, think I got like two one. more than you on that S one. But. Sorry, wait, no, maybe thirty four. Th there was definitely a point where it was like, I was like, oh lord, oh lord, <laughs> I've forgotten Lordy. about all the other things. Uh, but yeah, it's a really beautiful game. The cards in it are really nice. The matte texture is one of your favourites of mm. the actual box. <laughs> the box itself. Gotta love that matte texture. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a really fun game. And the, the other thing that we were saying is that you, this could scale up as big as you want, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you have ten people around and you want to play something and you want something that is fairly easy for everyone mm -hmm. to figure out, other than having the space of putting the card somewhere for everyone to see, as long as everyone's got a pad that they can put the uh, the thing on top of. Or I guess if you want to be a bit more economic with your pieces of paper, get one of those laminated and get mm. a little dry wipe. Ooh, ooh, mm. <laughs> ooh, laminated. Um, then, then you don't even need to get any more sheets. But yeah, I think this is, I think this is a fun game. It's not the kind of game that I enjoy. Yeah, and that's okay. You're allowed not to like games and still see that there's something joyous about them. Yeah. Um, however, I am I am the person who saw this game and was like, that's exactly my kind of game and, and got it. I enjoy it. I love it. I don't love it nearly as much as our next map game, which is Sprawlopolis. Yes. Just a perfectly formed gem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think Sprawlopolis is part of a a really interesting tale in terms of the publisher of Buttonshy. Um, Buttonshy Games make all of their cards by hand so that they're, they're all printed, put together, they're put into they're, they're what's known as wallet games so all of their games are only 18 cards and come in a tiny little wallet that you can take around. Fairly cheap, I want to say it's like $12 is the, the price of Sprawlopolis and it's just a really clever little 20-minute puzzle. I, both these games are sort of, I, I mean, Cartographer says 20 minutes. I think it's just a little bit longer, isn't it? I'd say it's about half an hour, 40. It depends how decisive you are. <laughs> depends how decisive, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, about a two-hour game <laughs> <laughs> when I'm playing it. <laughs> yes, and that's how you score the big points. But yes, Sprawlopolis is fairly, fairly quick. 
yeah, I'd say most probably between the 20 minute, half an hour mark. Um, and how does it work, Lilith? So, as Matt said, you have these 18 lovely cards from your wallet. On one side, they will have a section of a very simple map. The map will have um, four different colours on. Every single card has these four colours on. Grey for industrial, blue for commercial, orange for residential, and a nice green park. The All of the sections which are not the nice green park will have a section, or might have a section of road going through them. On the other side of the card are some ways to score points. So, much like cartographers, you're trying to achieve different things each game you'll choose three of the cards to have as your scoring parameters um, and then all of the rest of the cards you are going through and trying to fit together to come up with parameters like groups of four colors together or um, one long looping road um, there are scoring things which are always the same um, you're pretty much always trying to have as few roads as possible because you lose a point per road at the end. And you also score points for the, the biggest clump of each colour. Um, but other than that, there's a lot of variation of how you're scoring points. It is a collaborative game. So each turn, someone will have the bulk of the cards, though other people will, be will have one card waiting for their turn. Um, and you choose what's put down. It has to um, be either adjacent to a card already laid or overlap or completely cover that card. And you just build up a city together. And trying to lay your card in a way, trying to lay your card in a way even that doesn't lose you too many points can sometimes be a real puzzle. Trying to lay your card in a way to win is another and i think it's that kind of puzzling together over how what on earth you're going to do to get all these little bits of the city working together is just really really satisfying and frustrating in a good way <laughs> yeah there's it even though you have maybe just seen the cards that will be in the hand for the person coming around next the we were speaking about this earlier even though there's only 18 cards it continually feels like you never know which card is coming up that it has this incredible graphic design that makes it feel like you do, you don't really know how many of like uh there is a 90 degree left hand turn that you can put down so one of the big things is that the the cards have to be horizontal and you'll spend a lot of your time going i can just about put this in but then you realize you're looking at it vertically because your brain is wanting to make this sprawling city fit nicely and well and this game you can find that and when you find it god does it feel good but most of the time you are going if we do if we do this if we put this card down here for example this will allow us to then have four parks that are put together and make our big park section. And one of our uh, scoring conditions was the largest park next to um, residential will give us more points. Fantastic. You go ahead with that. 
but you realize whilst doing that you have now made two more roads that is going to give you minus two points uh, the roads in this work that it counts as what as if it's one long continuous road that will just be minus one point but the further and further you're getting into the game the more that you're kind of having to go well we're gonna have to make a couple more roads <laughs> but i think that means we'll make more points here it is devilish mm. and i think that is one of the things which for me makes it more exciting and more immediately wanting to have another go than cartographers in that it often feels like for cartographers there's not necessarily a right answer but there's probably you know given the context given what you've already put down given the ways different things are scored there's probably one thing that you can do or a couple of things that you can do which are much better than everything else with sprawlopolis that is probably also the case but you cannot see it in as easy a way everything kind of because there's almost never a way to put down a card to fulfill one objective that doesn't mess up another one yeah you're really constantly balancing things out constantly trying to guess what you can do in the future and i do think that little element of just meaning that the next player has one card in that ha in their hand really does help that thing of i feel for me with collaborative games something that i feel like you can often fall into especially if you have some people who are more confident in games and some yeah. people who aren't is it ends up really being one person playing a board game and other people moving around the pieces for them. Yeah. I think Sprawlopolis doesn't completely take away that element. They're very, that very much could happen. But that little bit of like, there's someone else who has a piece of information and maybe a plan forming in their head, which they're absolutely welcome to share with you. They just can't show you the card. It really helps that. Yeah, because I think thematically i think it does a really good job of what you're saying earlier that for ev for everything that you're doing that feels like a good action you will scuffer something else and that must feel what urbanized planning is a mm. lot of the time right you're trying to somehow fit in in an area that's already got so much going on something else to make it work and there's always going to be a detraction for you doing that action and the idea of the collaboration and what i think helps take away from that quarterbacking thing is because there's three objects there's three objectives as well as the sort of the standard scoring at the end and it seems to always be the case that one person's kind of thinking about the other more than the other so what ends up happening is is someone will go well yeah actually no we should do this and um we could put this road in here. That'll make sure that we've got these commercials going in on the road. We, we need to get the row of commercial for our big objective anyway. And so we'll go, ah, yeah, that's great. But actually, I've got something that will, c will allow us to get somewhat that, but also won't allow us to be detracted and have all of this industrial then next to the residential and then make us lose points on the other objective. 
and it's that constant back and forth of oh okay yeah no all right let's go with that and then let's see what we pick up next because the the deck of cards that you're picking up from as well you're seeing the top card so you have a bit of an idea of what you have coming up and that can become incredibly helpful especially when you're getting to the point of okay well how do we just try and get these roads to connect so we're not losing so many points in this factor um yeah i think it's just a wonderful wonderful game and anything that is this small and has so much meat in it i think is always the best just feels like it has so much replayability you're def or at least i'm desperate to play another game as soon as i've finished one yeah i was we were instantly like oh yeah okay let's go again and then the one where we even did well there and we're like okay we kind of need to play cartographers again we're like shall we just we'll, <laughs> we'll just we'll just sort out another one and i even think now we're, we're, we're going off to do other things later later on i'm instantly like should i just put it in my pocket though <laughs> shall i just take it there's gonna be kind of a bit of downtime at some point i kind of want to just put some some sprawling on there'll be an interval <laughs> there, there, there is an interval to what we're going to best of luck ryan mckenzie <laughs> um yeah i think this is up there is one of my favorite games it's it's this is the the game that i think i would recommend to most people i'm not sure that i'd actually agree with you on that i think it is the i think there are some games which i'm like bam you know this is what i think would get people into board games or not even to get people into board games but they would enjoy this game even Mm. if they don't enjoy other things i do think sprawlopolis if you don't enjoy that puzzle element i think a lot of the enjoyment from it almost comes from the frustration and i think if you're someone who really enjoys like strategy games or puzzle games or or a whole load of games you know that's instantly gonna hook you but i do think for some people that element of well i can't do anything then i can't if i can't do something without making it rubbish why would i do it would make it more difficult i think for me this is a every board game fan should own this sure but i mean i did buy it for my parents but (laughs) my parents are board game fans so (laughs) (laughs) it's it's but i would hesitate more with people who i think need to be a bit more convinced to play a board game yeah yeah i can see that i would say my counter is for although there may be things you do that aren't great, there is always something you're doing that is good. Mm. And it's, yeah, it can be maybe sometimes a little bit weighted that it's, ah, uh, yeah, you didn't quite get the good one. But it goes so quickly that you're, that you're going again. And I think if it's the kind of thing where you know people are going to be frustrated with it, don't just randomly deal out the objective cards. Deal out some that mm. are like, okay, these, these give us big points. Or like, these are these are easier ones to map out to someone to begin with because i think once they get that itch of oh yeah oh oh, oh, all right yeah i just put those cards down (laughs) and i made a really good road loop oh yeah and it's going to the parks yes i love it when the road goes to the park yeah that is my favorite objective that is (laughs) literally my favorite one but yeah then i think the 
the the enjoyment of the frustration will then not feel so so hard and beating you mm. down which is quite funny because actually that's my feelings towards cartographers but <laughs> that's only because i've most probably played it like two times so i reckon if i play it at least 10 times then i'll have a, a better feeling towards it that's why I feel it, it's, it's, a, it's a fun game it's definitely a fun one it's just not the one that brings me joy mm. so i'll just have to try and see if i get better i imagine there's a lot of people being like why are you talking about something that you've only played twice because it's you know you can just Matt, have a hot take we have a theme <laughs> we do have a theme the theme Ma- is goddamn maps, maps. I thought you were saying map for a second. Map. <laughs> and that's maps, baby. Fun, fun maps. Um, a little bit f- as well about Sprawlopolis. There's lots of fun little expansions of it. Uh, you have the beach expansion that kind of stops there being such a sprawl. It kind of pens you into the beach itself, and that has its own little objectives of trying to make seaside fronts and things like this. We also gave. Go on. I'm going to get you to say it because I can't quite do it. Agropolis. Agropolis, thank you. Maybe. <laughs> May- maybe. Let us know, please, uh, Stephen Armani and Danny Devine and Paul Cl- Clucker. Um, sorry if that's not how I should say your last name, Paul. <laughs> someone else should let us know that we've told said that wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If someone <laughs> and else then could tell he us. can let us know that we've said the name of the game wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just dodging all the bullets. <laughs> um, and that one knocked us for six as a standalone expansion. We were... And... There wasn't necessarily too many different things, but there was just enough of little different things that we were like, for for the first ten minutes, we were both going, oh, well, I don't know where are we going to put these, where are we going to put these pigment pens? Um, the main the main sort of difference within um, Agropolis is that you are sort of agricultural land. You have different pens of animals, and a lot of them they'll be either singular pens or double pens, and then instead of like sort of your residential area, you'll vineyards or you'll have uh wheat and cornfields mm. cornfields i'd say that's what probably the closest isn't it um and it makes this scoring very intricate of how you're trying to put these things towards the pens a lot more uh, sort of like or well, the ones that we sort of played was adjacency based and uh completely wiped us out for what we usually do with roads but there was one that was like make a loop around a chicken pen as a road and we just focused on <laughs> that we were really excited to and make it that got loop. us two points it got it, it yeah it got us the least amount of points out of everything else that we scored on that one but but we did do it we weren't oh did we do it on that one i thought that was the one we weren't too no far i mean away we with. made a r- loop of a road. oh we did we, we, we did. lost the game but <laughs> you know we did make an incredible loop of the road mm. um yeah, so I think if you're if you're looking to support a kind of very DIY style brand of company and you want something that will fit in your pocket and that you can take anywhere, check out Sprawlopolis, any of his expansions, and generally Buttonshy games because they're really fun. These guys also uh, made a game called Circle the Wagons. That's a joy as well. Take a look at them. They've got a UK hub now as well. Go buy yourself some little wallet games. But now that we've mapped those out, it's time to go to unknown territories. Oh, yes. It's quiz time. Yes. Um, how many questions did you bring today, Willow? I brought four questions. Fantastic. So did I. Um, and my questions don't even have subparts this week. <laughs> 
oh no, how am I going to get any of those bonus bonus answers? Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> would you like to go first or second? Answering or asking? Good question. Yeah. Since you've asked the first question, <laughs> I'll ask the second. And it will be the first question of the quiz. <gasps> oh, right. So, your first question. When did opolis or polis first come into use as a word? Ooh. Oh, now, this is one of those things where it sounds like a very Greek root. I, I, but then again, is that, is it kind of like a... Is this a trick? Neologism. That's not how you pronounce that. Um, what does so that mean? A new word. Oh, fun. Learning um, everything today. Um... I may have, in fact, made it up. <laughs> its own neologism. Anyway, um, I'm going... I think then you either have to go 20th century or real old. So I'm, I'm going to go real old. I'm going to say the... Um, around 300 BC. Nearly. Kind of. Uh, 1000 BC. Oh, much older. But you're much in the older. BC territory, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. Emerged in, in Greece uh, in the course of four centuries as a political, geographical, and uh, judicial. Uh, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> and juice related. <laughs> and juice and a juice based word. No, uh, I'm not even going to try again. Uh, but basically, it's, uh, it's to mean city. Or to assemble a council and to have have that sort of within the city state. Nice. Got it in. Got something in from Sprawlopolis. Fantastic. I. Right. My first question. The map of which fictional place is contains the author line drawn by me and Mr. Shepherd help. And contains locations such as Six Pine Trees, Where the Woozle Wasn't, and Rabbit's House. Winnie the Pooh. Hundred Acre Woods. He's got a point, ladies and gentlemen, and Ooh, others. Damn. I, something board game related to that. When I was a kid, my grandma had a Winnie the Pooh game in which it was like just sort of a... a roll and move around a hundred acre woods and you had this incredible honey pot that you put the dice in to roll it in um hope you enjoyed that game maddie but one point to me nil point to you <laughs> <laughs> um so on the idea of cartographing what is the most undiscovered place on earth i will give you two points if you get the specific place i'll give you one if you get the general area the most undiscovered yes as in the greatest area of it is unmapped yes the the, the most of that area is undiscovered i'm going to say the amazon rainforest Fuck yeah, there's one point. Can you give me the specific area of the Amazon rainforest that is the most undiscovered? No. 
fair enough. It is uh, Valvo do Javari. Brazilian listeners or anybody who knows how that is actually pronounced, I'm really sorry if I messed that one up. We're going to be getting so many, like, just on the mispronunciations, I feel like we need to re-go over at the end what we want people to write in and correct us on. Yeah, there'll just be some really harsh cuts in which <laughs> I just sort of just try and slam it in. Okay, well. Whew. Okay, here is your second question. We are neck and neck. So... I thought I had a point and you had a point. Absolutely, we are. We're neck and neck. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should lose a point for not knowing what's going on. Right. Um, so, second question. The Hereford Mapamundi, a 12th century map, much like most maps of the period, at its centre is a city. What city is at the centre? Of the Mappa Mundi. 12th century, you say? Mm-hmm. What's going to be the, the the big boys of its time? Mm. Of a map which covers not only the geography, but kind of the history and future of humanity, according to its uh, description on the excellent Hereford Cathedral website. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Um... city gonna go wild and say colchester <laughs> it's close it's really close actually yeah. yeah it's jerusalem yeah yeah oh uh, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> way bigger of a city well you know colchester jerusalem very Up i think the they're east. twinned yeah i don't why i think because you said hereford i went oh no don't think don't think middle east go uh <laughs> Go back. Go. What's what's sort of Herefordish, and what do you remember that's <laughs> vaguely old? Colchester's the old. I think it's the oldest recorded city in the UK. Oh, fun fact! A I didn't bit know of that. Knowledge for you. Yeah, when Rome came, Rome <laughs> when the Romans came over, <laughs> not just Rome. <laughs> we're gonna get the Romans writing in now. Yeah, yeah. Look, we're gonna put. We're moving Rome to Colchester. <laughs> it makes sense. All right. Oh, so you you could take the lead because it is in mm. fact one one. Uh, what is classified as the most sprawling city in the world? Hmm. Most sprawling. So that is probably either going to be about how big it is or how quickly it's growing. I probably, at some point, have known what the biggest city in the world is, but I certainly don't know anymore. So I am going to go for Beijing. Um, it's it's not, I'm afraid. It's Los Angeles. Oh. Apparently had the biggest amount of, uh, of urban sprawl of hmm. anywhere, which is pretty wild, because I definitely thought it was going to be yeah, yeah. Like Beijing or Tokyo or... or something yeah. along those lines but apparently in terms uh, in density it, it mm. is heavily populated but it doesn't actually have the the, the, mm. sp the sprawl in terms of, of how far it reaches out so hey you, l you learn something new every day from these quizzes now on to the next new thing you're gonna learn map makers especially historically All would right. sometimes put made up places on their maps um, in order to be able to tell 
if another mapmaker had copied them. The name for this technique is shared by a 2008 John Green novel. Yeah, and it, Paper Towns. Yeah, there you go. No, little extra fun fact, the uh, kind of wider practice of doing this in literature in general is called a Mount Weasel. <laughs> oh, I very much like that. <laughs> Goddamn Mount Weasel. <laughs> as soon as you started explaining this, I was like, I know this. This is a this is a dear Hank and John thing. <laughs> I've heard this. I know this. Oh my goodness. So it's two one. Two one. To me. So the last question. It is. And on on another note of big things. Where in the UK has the biggest park? Or I tell you what, I'll give you a point if you can say where it is. I'll give you two points if you can name the park itself. I've suddenly forgotten all the names of all the parks in London. Um, but I, I'm going to start, I'm going to say, and I don't even think this is the biggest park that I know in London, but Green Park in London. No. Before you tell me, is it in Edinburgh? No. It's not the Downs, is it? <laughs> is it the Downs? No, it's not the Downs. <laughs> it's not the Downs. It's <laughs> really big. It is quite big. I thought it was quite funny that whole time that you had that silence. It did look like you were just sort of <laughs> looking off to where we are. There is a park called St Andrew's Park. <laughs> it did sort of look like you were staring off in the distance. <laughs> Trying to see the sign, the entrance into the little tiny park. <laughs> you were cartographing in your head. Uh, it's Windsor Great Park in Berkshire. With its famous long walk in Deer Park tops the list as Britain's biggest. It measures 28.53 kilometres squared and dwarfs the others in size by comparison. Greater London has the most parks in the top 100, though, with six. Hmm. So, nice. well, one more question for me for my victory lap. Yeah. Have I, have I won all the quizzes? I don't know. Hey. Um, oh, yes, this is a fun one. Even if I take it myself. Um, the Northwest Angle is the only part of the United States of America which is above the 49th parallel. It is an area of land which is separated from if from the entirety of the rest of the United States and its own state by water, by the Lake of the Woods. But it does share a land border with Manitoba in Canada. What state is, it, is the Northwest Angle in? You sound like you're speaking in riddles, but you said that it borders Canada. Borders the, it borders Canada and it is the northernmost part of of the United States, not including Alaska. <laughs> oh dear. And it, it's the state. It's the state that I'm looking for. Yeah. And it, but not Alaska. Yes. Sorry. I think what I meant to say is it was the only part of. I can't remember how they phrased it on the page. Basically, the long line mm -hmm. where America meets Canada. This is the bit that pokes up above it. Oh. And if you wanted to travel by <laughs> land. It is not connected to the rest of the United States. Island not connected 
to the rest of the United States, you'd have to drive through Canada to then yeah. get there. And that in itself is a state. No, it's part of another state. It's part of another state. So I'm not looking for the state. I'm looking for a city. You're looking for the state. You're looking, looking for, for the, the state. state. The, the name of the place is the Northwest Angle. Michigan? Minnesota. One of the M's. One of the M's. Ba basically, what I was asking you was, name a northern <laughs> United States state. Yeah, I need to now look at a map of America because I was... I, I, I had it up, I can show you. I mean, this is great audio content. But, um. <laughs> yeah, show me that, show me that map. <laughs> and then I'll audibly describe for our mainly UK-based listeners and then the 11% of the Americans that listen can be like, what are you talking about? But I do, th I feel like... Big Island, Bigsby Island. Some cool no, but islands. it's the little bit that... Um, Oak Island. Ah. Look, it's completely separated. God damn. Okay, cool. There's also a place not far away from there just called Winner. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. That's the most American thing I've heard. <laughs> well, commiserations. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you you will get a quiz win at some point, though. <laughs> I can feel it. I was almost on my university for the university challenge team. And then I was beaten out by Matt. Oh. <laughs> That's not true. No, I'm nowhere near good enough for any real quizzes. Just these ones. But other than that, thank you so much for joining us once again, Lilith, for another wonderful time around the map of board game fun. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Please give us a like or subscribe on whichever podcast uh, channel provider that, that you use. And uh, take a look on our Instagram. And we'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.